Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Uh, yesterday, I thought I had myself a full uh, legal situation on my hands. Uh-oh. At my grocery store, and uh, my grocery store has got the uh, two different types of carts. they got the big one. They got the tiny little ones, and I like the tiny little ones. I don't need the big one. Uh huh. Sometimes you got more stuff than a basket will hold, but you don't need a cart the size of those large ones. Understood. But so they got these little ones now. But there's something up with the uh, the build of these little ones because a lot of them, when they get pushed together, get stuck, and you can't seem to pull them apart. There's a trick to it. So there was two of them sitting there right at the door when I walked in, and they were the last two left. So I said. Okay, I'm going to try to pull these apart. So I went and I yanked on one of them. And as I yanked on it, it kind of snapped back. And my thumb was down between the handle of the uh, the, the one in front of it. Okay. So the, the handle that I yanked on snapped back and slammed hard and fast into my thumb against the handle of the one in front of it. And the problem was the pain was so fast and immense but there was a guy who works at my grocery store, just kind of standing there, maybe on his break. Uh-huh. So I'm like, oh, do you know how to take these things apart while trying to squeeze down the pain? And I think he saw it happen to me, and he probably saw the look on my face. But I was trying so hard to act like there was nothing wrong. And then he goes, oh, uh, he goes, uh he goes, oh, no, I, I don't know the trick. And then I said, oh, for, that's fine. I'll just take a big one. And I'm walking through the grocery store, and I'm almost in tears. It hurts so bad. <laughs> he bought a bag of ice for something frozen, <laughs> some frozen peas. I really thought at some point last night I was going to lose this nail. Like I thought, oh, I thought okay. I had crushed my thumb. Yeah. And then I thought, the the perverse side of me thought, I hope I lose the thumb, and then I'm taking this grocery store down. <laughs> For millions of dollars. Yeah, oh yeah. So anyhow, no, it's fine. Not even bruised this morning. It still works. So all is right with the world. But uh, in the end, you had to put your big boy pants on and just buy some groceries. I did. But I, you know, it's it's when you hurt your uh, your toes or your fingers, they're the farthest extremities from your brain, and so there is that beat before the pain registers. And like when you stub your toe, there's you have almost enough time to go, oh, crap, this is going to hurt. And then boom. <laughs> boom, it hits you. But this was immediate, and it really hurt. And I was thinking to myself about people who work in trades, and you've seen guys with busted up fingers and, you know, nails, fingernails are all black and blue from being bruised. I mean, I, I have very pretty, never t- had a hard day. I don't have a, uh, I don't have any calluses. Right. I mean, I did as a teenager, of course. Yes. But, uh, yeah, these, these hands have never known a struggle. And, uh, so, uh, I really thought this was thumb was going, but, uh, no, I'm at work today. You'd be here. <laughs> gonna, gonna power through it. It's gonna go right gonna to be okay. Em- it's gonna go right to emergency. <laughs> Doctor. Doctor, kiss it. Make it better. So, yeah, that was my night. You? Uh, I rushed to cut the grass last night oh, because the uh, rains are coming. I hear the rain is a coming yeah. and I thought it was supposed to happen last night, but. Uh, well, we got a bit of a light show, I think. That was about it. It's very windy. got very windy, very mm-hmm. dark, looming uh, in the early evening. Yeah, I put away all the uh, the cushions, thinking 
that uh, the rain was coming. I was very proud of myself yesterday afternoon because I have an assortment of cushions. Okay. And they always kind of go into the shed in kind of disarray. Throw them in. Especially when the rain's starting oh, and you're yeah. just in a panic. But I, I, I thought to myself, this might be the final put away of cushions for the season because if we don't have anybody else over, you know, in through September and if the weather kind of cools down, we probably won't be sitting outside. So I meticulously put them all away and stacked them lovely, thinking. Hmm. And I was, I, this is, this is how hard my day is. <laughs> this is what I had to hang my hat on. Well, for one of the first times ever I, I can, that I can remember, I did like a pre-scan of my lawn first, hmm. looking for a, a wasp nest. Because I have heard of a couple of people now who, when mowing their lawns, have gone over an underground wasp nest that would be and got multiple bites. Oh, that would stings. be terrible. I didn't know they were in the ground. I always thought they were, like, hidden up in ease troughs. I thought the same thing, and I hadn't heard about this uh, ground situation huh. until two people. And one got, like, 40 stings. Wow. Both of them had to go to hospital, basically, to get the some anti-venom or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny you mention that because I remember uh, a neighbor of mine um, had, I think, like a some sort of fruit tree in their backyard. And every fall, of course, the fruit would, would fall and rot in the grass. And you could literally see the ground from our bedroom window. I could see into their backyard. And you could see the grass literally levitating, shaking. Mm. There was so many probably wasps, bees, hornets living off of that rotting fruit. Yeah. So I guess they must, yeah, they must live in the ground. Some of them, anyhow. Wow. Yeah, so you were fine? No, I was all right. Yeah, I, I did a little, little scan through to make sure. Good, that was a, uh, good move on your part, <laughs> Well, too, I always have to walk down to the backyard of the shed to get the, the lawnmower yeah. anyway. I just figured as I'm walking, let's take a little little more care mm-hmm. to make sure I'm not going to end up running from wasps and bees. And that's got to be an odd look, too, because you, you, it's not like you can see someone when they're, what's chasing them. Yeah. <laughs> they're just... <laughs> like running like they're Shaggy and Scooby Doo away from something. Right. right. <laughs> it is odd when we um when we get bit or when we hurt ourselves, like my tragedy with my thumb. Uh-huh. When you're in a position where you have to kind of hide the pain or you're embarrassed by it. That's right. And you're just gritting through I'm fine. I'm fine. Leave me alone. I'm fine. <laughs> It's like when you trip on a curb and you look back to like what tripped like you know yeah. like you're not the idiot. No, to you, you didn't pick up your feet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I did a face plant at Young and Dundas. <laughs> a complete and utter face plant. <laughs> I was carrying all sorts of stuff from work and I just missed the curb. And it was one of those great face plants where I stumbled forward and I tried desperately to stay on my feet. And it was a beautiful summer day. And, you know, young and Dundas, not busy at all. (laughs) And I went down like a bag of bricks, and the paperwork I had scattered all over the place. Oh, just like the movies. And my co-worker just stood there and laughed, because you don't know what to do. (laughs) You don't know. I would have laughed, too. But you're just so embarrassing. You scramble and you hop up like nothing happened. Right. I'm fine. I'm fine. Check the curb. Bleeding from your forehead. (laughs) You look like Carrie. (laughs) I'm fine. I'm fine. We've all got a few pet peeves, don't we? But does the average person think yours is valid or ridiculous? Hmm. Someone asked over 15,000 people to weigh in on some common pet peeves. 
when someone puts their shopping cart next to the cart return but not in it. Is that a valid pet peeve or ridiculous? Uh, it's not ridiculous. I think it's on the short side of annoying, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, I think most of my pet peeves revolve around this sort of thing. It's just people who are, are just so careless with the, or could care less about other people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, almost all think that it's a valid pet peeve to have. When you're watching TV and the audio and video are even a millisecond off. It's annoying. I will go, I'll just reboot. Like, I'll turn it all down. Yeah. yeah. And most say, yeah, that's definitely a valid pet peeve. When you want to turn right on a red, but the person in front of you is waiting to go straight. Now, I'm guilty of doing that, so that doesn't really drive me crazy. What is a real pet peeve for me is when I look in my rearview mirror and I see someone wants to make the right, and I move up enough for them to get by, and they don't even acknowledge that I've done them that solid. I, I think the lack of acknowledgement in general, even when merging. Yeah. Right? If, if, I feel like if I've left that space for you or created one for you, mm-hmm. that you should at least acknowledge with the, the hand. I think my biggest driving pet peeve now, though, is people who approach traffic lights at the slowest possible speed for only them to get through. Oh, is that something you've noticed? Oh, and it happens all the time. You'll see people who, you know, just could, no urgency whatsoever. Right. They see that you're behind them, and they'll just slowly kind of approach, make their way to into the intersection. As it's turning yellow. And then, well, as it's green. Oh, okay. It, it slow their way down, but you can kind of see that the pedestrian hand is flashing. Yeah, yeah. So you know it's coming, but they'll just slow right down. And then when it turns yellow, they'll go through wow. and leave you screwed. I don't know that I've noticed that. I want to drive through that red light and right into the back of these people. <laughs> yeah, driving is probably our biggest pet peeve. Um, when someone's driving under the speed limit in the fast lane. Yes. yes. Get the hell over. Absolutely. We were talking about uh, people who have the baby on board signs right. in their car yesterday. Right. And one person texted in and it said... Uh, yeah, when people who have a baby on board go into the fast lane and drive slow because, yep. you know, they're concerned about their safety. No, no, no. Fast I, lane's a passing lane. When I'm driving my car, yeah, and actually, you're right, it is. It's not even the fast lane. It's a passing lane. Right. And you shouldn't be sitting in it the entire time. Even when I'm driving like a rental vehicle or like a U-Haul van or something or even one of the station vehicles, I'll stay in that middle lane. Everybody else can go around me. I'll be doing, you know, I'll still be on the 401 doing like a, a buck 10 right. or a buck 20 at the tops. But in, when in my own car, I'm, I'm usually hitting like a buck 40. Right. You know. Well, and, and it's funny because I find, you know, like driving to the cottage is a perfect example where you're on a lot of two-lane road. But every now and then, a passing section mm. opens up. And for some reason, some guy will be going along at exactly the speed limit or under it. Mm. But the second that that passing section opens up, they turn into Lewis Hamilton. (laughs) 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 They can be going 75 the whole way in the two-lane part, and then the passing part opens up, and they want to do 110 and not let you around them. So funny that you mentioned Lewis Hamilton because whenever I try to dig deep for a, a race car, I was driver, thinking Andretti first. That's all I can ever remember is Mario Andretti. <laughs> I thought Earnhardt, yeah. but I was like, we should probably update this a no, little bit. It's good. I remember we were talking about race car drivers one day, and I had to go look up current race car drivers because <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't know Lewis Hamilton from Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> Lando Norris, Max Verstappen, pick them. <laughs> 
uh, when someone eats around you, but you're not eating. Is that annoying or is that a ridiculous pet peeve? Um, I, I, I think that's on the, on the more ridiculous side. Yeah, me too. And uh, most because, people agree. Yeah. If you're, it's, if you're sitting down with some, I mean, it is polite to wait until everyone at the table has their food mm. before you start, you know, gorging down. But, you know, at this day and age, so many people are like, nah, I'm not hungry. I'm not eating. Uh, I, I'm hungry. I'm, I'm getting. I'm going ahead. I think it's more not that someone's eating around me. It's how people eat, right? With their mouth open and chewing too loud and yeah. all of that. Uh, when someone puts toilet paper roll on the wrong way, about half of people think uh, that's valid, and others, the other half, say chill out. It's really not. A, there's really not a wrong way to do it. No, and you know what? You are capable of switching it. <laughs> you can <laughs> like you <yeah>. can. <laughs> is it a minor annoyance? Perhaps mm. you know if, if if that's your pet peeve, then uh, you got other issues in the world. If I've that's seen, the only one you've got, wow! I've seen this in my own home, and it's a pet peeve. It doesn't happen now with Maria and I, but I've seen it, I guess, in others. When the toilet roll is empty and they'll grab a new toilet roll, but they won't go to the effort to take the old roll off and put the new one. They'll just stack it on top. Leave it on top. Yes. Height of laziness. Well, see, what I do, and I probably should do it the other way, is sometimes I'll bring out the new roll knowing, because there's only like a couple of sheets left Mm. on the current one. I should probably switch it Mm. to the new one and leave the old one on top saying, hey, there's two pieces left. Okay. I had to implement a new rule at the Venn Ranch, too, in regards to toilet paper. If you go to the linen closet, or if you look under the sink and you take the last roll, you must yes. go to the linen closet and restock. That's a given. You cannot leave somebody stranded on, on the toilet. And given that you wrap your hand like an oven mitt oh, when yes. you go, I, I'd imagine that happens every other day I, at the Venn House. I, I use so much toilet paper, I take the roll <laughs> off of the roller and hold it in my hand knowing full well I'm going to use it all. I have a brown magic marker in my pants. Um, when the spinning wheel of death pops up on your computer while something's loading. Well, yeah, that's a valid pet peeve. Yeah, it's, it's annoying. I mean, anything that takes up our time usually. Mm-hmm. When, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. When there's only one non-self-checkout lane open at the grocery store in the middle of the day. So they've got one lady or one man working the... Yeah, I, I think you got to get used to that now. It is. I, I mean, that that is the the way that it works. I, and now, if there are people sitting around, <laughs> employees, mm. and not opening up a new cash when there's a long line, that is a valid pet peeve. When two motorcycles take up two full size parking spots, well, I don't care about that because I'm parking. You're not in my way necessarily, and they've not taken up two spots. What drives me insane about the motorcycles is when they go between cars. Right. On the highway when they go up yeah. the, the, the shoulder or they book it through two cars. Yeah. That's seen annoying. a few of those. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, Jeff just texted in, too, people uh, talking on speakerphone while walking around in public. Yes. And that is a valid, yeah. valid pet peeve. Have your conversation privately. And this one is a pet peeve for me because I know you do it. When someone in front of you at a drive-thru has a high-maintenance order and takes forever. <laughs> My number one pet peeve. You talked about wanting to run into the back of the person who slowed down at the light. I want to hammer into your trunk. Listen, 
If I've got my, the one thing I will say is I always have my order prepared. No, but the nine am, other people in your car don't. I, I am, well, I make sure they do before we even enter the parking lot for <laughs> said place. We're going to this place. What is it that you want? Because I want no confusion when we get to the ordering spot. I will agree that if someone in front of you is just for the first time discovering McDonald's mm-hmm. and doesn't know what's on the menu, that is flipping annoying. We we really and how quickly does uh, the clock in our body go off when we realize the car or two cars ahead of us is taking way too long? Oh right. I've I've been so passive aggressive about it. Right. I'd be like I'll roll down my window and I'll be like move it along, you little duck. <laughs> but the problem is, and and I've been the guy at the window who's waiting, going, what the hell are they doing mm-hmm. in there? It's mm-hmm. not I've ordered. It's it's not me. Now it's on the restaurant. Right. If you're if you're already at the window to collect your food. Nothing much more you can do. Yeah. Uh, if someone's made some mistake in the kitchen, that's not my fault. And now they put you over into those parking spots. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> start it's... me with that filet of fish pull ahead again. Before we get to, to the uh, person who's now on the top of my, you make me want to throw up in my mouth a little bit list. Right. Before we get to that quick little story about Ethan Hawke, I guess he has just finished directing his daughter in a movie. And in this movie, his daughter has sex scenes. And he and his daughter both say they're fine with it. As a matter of fact, Ethan and his daughter, Maya, agree that making art together is their safe place. And so I think, okay, fine. Like, you know, father, daughter, whatever, you're working, you're both comfortable with this. That's all cool. Very nice. What I feel odd and bad for is the person she was having the fake sex with. (laughs) Because, you know, the last thing you want any time in your sexual life, be it in a movie scene or in real life, is you don't want the father of the person you're rubbing your nasties against in the same room. And giving you instructions. Yeah, that's right. Get your arse up more. That's right. He's down there with a miner's helmet on and a light. <laughs> like a, he's like a, the, the, the catcher in baseball. He's hunched down. Yikes. Yeah. Now yeah, that's the movie business. All right. So uh, we heard about this uh, a while back that Kevin Costner was getting a divorce. And uh, listen, that's not new in Hollywood. It happens all the time. And a lot of times in Hollywood, you're dealing with a lot of dough. And so big cash settlements are put in place. But this one has really caught in caught everybody's attention because Kevin Costner's estranged wife, Christine Baumgartner, she was looking for huge dough just in child support. At one point, she was asking for $161,590 a month, $160,000 a month. Right. Yes. Just in child support. That's not spousal support. That's not whatever other supports she would get. Mm-hmm. Just for these three kids of theirs. The judge said, no, that's way too much. And he knocked it down to $63,000 a month, which still works out to $756,000 a year. Just for the kids. Right. How can anybody survive? <laughs> <laughs> How is that even possible? I would think she might have to hand the children over to Children's Aid. 
Well, and it is a cut too because uh, he had been paying her about a hundred and thirty grand mm. a month during this settlement, uh, and so now that's knocked in half. Uh, so it, it works out, I guess, much better for him. The kids are sixteen, fourteen, and thirteen. Okay, so. Yes, a busy time in their lives. Yes. But, but a 60 grand a month should cover it. Plus, she did, according to the prenup, get 1.5 million right away. <laughs> um, <laughs> She's getting more and more annoying. Right. So, okay. You can ask anything you want. You know, you go to court, you're getting a divorce. You can, it's like doing a contract when you, with your employer. You know, throw everything at the wall and let's see what sticks. So she did that. But then she started talking. And this, this is where it all went south for me. Because it became, woes is me, what am I to do right away? Oh, no. And so she says at some point, it looks like I will have to look into steps I need to take and any schooling I need to do, I'll have to enter the workforce. <laughs> Let that just sink in. In her feeble brain, she figures it's not possible for my kids to survive on $756,000 a year. Right. I'll have to go to work. I'll have to go back to school, of which you know she's not going to go to community college. She's going to, on Kevin Costner's tab, want to go to some exclusive university, you know, in in the south of France. Right. Um, while, uh, while she may be going back to school, uh, hopefully there's no reading involved, because reading the room is not her talent. <laughs> But this, this is what, this is what tops it. In court last week while asking for the 161,000 a month, of which she only got the 63,000 a month. In court, she said that living a luxurious life was in her kid's DNA at this point. (laughs) She is a horrible, Horrible human being and a horrible mother. Because if you want to be a good parent, this is a great opportunity to teach them a life lesson. We're going to have to cut back like almost everybody else does at times. Amazing that you would have to cut back at that point. There's no cutting back. This, if, if her whole cake, if, if, if her kid's lifestyle is a cake, even if they took some of the icing off the top, it's still a lot of cake. That's a lot of cake. Right. I, I, I don't understand, as you said, and you're spot on, she can't read a room. And it's not her kids because children can fold and adapt and change and, and roll with the, the dice. It's her. She doesn't want to, nor could she ever face the fact that it's just her and her own selfishness that doesn't want the lifestyle to change. Well, I mean, uh, her kids could still have a lavish lifestyle at dad's place. He makes yeah. 1.5 a month, yeah. he says, is his, uh, his income. But that included Yellowstone money, which 
He's now dropped. Maybe that's why he dropped. Right. Right. <laughs> but uh, and it's interesting, like gauging the reaction uh, of what I've seen from this. A lot of people, in both male and female, saying, hey, OK, that's good. Mm. The 60 grand a month should be enough to get by. Mm. But some will say, well, if he was making one point five million a month and they were, or they together mm. had one point five million a month, dropping that down to 60 grand a month seems like a big Big drop. What was she bringing in? She just, just said she's got to go find a job. So I guess you'll see Christine. Maybe she was feeding the wolves. He was dancing with I this guess. whole time. You'll see her pumping gas. Is that Christine Baumgartner working at the Shell? So we don't want to see them struggle. No. No, we don't want to. So we're putting together a bit of a GoFundMe. Times are tough for many Americans, but for some, they're even tougher. But now you can help. Recently, Christine Baumgartner discovered she'll only receive a measly $63,000 a month for child support. That's a paltry $21,000 a month for each of the three children. Sure, it adds up to $756,000 a year. But keep in mind, they're teenagers. Do you have any idea how much teens cost these days? Times are so tough, Christine is considering the unthinkable, actually going to work to help make ends meet. Don't let this happen. Please give whatever you can to the My Kids Are Used to Luxury Fund. Christine will count your donations while the teens are staying at their dad's. Because no kid should have to attend middle school wearing Skechers. Dragon Lucky, weekday mornings on 94.9 The Rock. Oh, it's a good day. Oh, yes, it's National Beer Lover Day. <laughs> Gotta have a... Do you know any? Beer lovers? Yeah. A few. Right. Uh, and so some astrologists decided to post a list of the best beer to drink for your zodiac sign. So what sign are you, Lucky? I'm a Virgo. You're a Virgo. So for you, oh, this is a good pick. Michelob Ultra. Oh, because God. But this is funny. <laughs> Virgos are health conscious. <laughs> well, you're conscious that your health is bad. Well, yes, I'm conscious of that. And I'm stupid enough to believe that drinking Michelob Ultra will s- somehow cure those ales for it's, me. It's a skinny beer. Right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's good if you're working out. I'm yeah. not doing that part of it. No. Uh, Michelob Ultra is uh, watered down so much that some people call it the Gatorade of beers. Right. I well. do like it, though. It's tasty. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Uh-huh. I got no issues with that. I'm a Leo, so I'm a Corona, this astrologist says, because it's Spanish for crown, and Leo is the sign of royalty. Oh, my goodness. Maybe just because it's summer. That's me, royalty. Uh, if you're an Aries, then you're a Modelo. If you're a Taurus, you're a Miller High Life. Okay. If you're a Gemini, you're a Budweiser. My wife is Gemini, and it says uh, Geminis are good liars, and Budweiser being good at marketing like the Clydesdale horses and Budweiser frogs. Oh, I guess Budweiser lies. Is that the thing? I don't know. But it's good to know my wife's a good liar. <laughs> it's good to know. What's Adrian? Uh, you what's the hell sign? Know. I don't even know what you, sign that oh is. Oh, my God. You don't even know what your wife's sign is. <laughs> what's December? I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. Look it up. Right. That is funny that you've been married to this woman uh-huh. that long. Oh, it's Sagittarius. My sister yeah. was Sagittarius. I think it's Sagittarius is what I was going to say. 
No, you weren't going to yeah, say Yeah, I was going to say You Sagittarius. pulled that right out of your arse because I said it. Mm. You had no idea. And you're the yeah. guy who reads the, the... It is Sagittarius. I just told you that. Right. I oh, said because my that. sister was... You didn't know it until I said it. <laughs> you're like, oh, I, yeah, was I was going to say Sagittarius. that. Sagittarius. You weren't I thinking was. anything. <laughs> I'm surprised you even know her birthday. What's her birthday? <laughs> it's in December. What's the day? It's not the 25th. <laughs> no, that's it's when a, JC arrived. It's a different one. But I know it's a pain in the butt because it's what two weeks it? apart. What is... Relax. The 11th. <laughs> She's a lucky, lucky uh, woman. She is. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. She, By name. She likes Sapporo. Oh, yeah. Sagittarius likes yeah, Sapporo. We've had that. That's a good one, too. Because you're adventurous. Would you say Adrian's adventurous? Uh, not Certainly not in the beer category. No. Well, she, likes the, she likes the wheat beers too, which uh, oh, I, I don't like. No. She doesn't like eggs, but she likes wheat beers. You gotta add fruit to a beer to drink it. That's, that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> Libra's like the Paps Blue Ribbon. Okay. <laughs> PPR. Yeah. Um, Scorpio's like the Guinness. I've never even heard of this beer. Yuling? Oh, Yingling. Yingling. Yeah, it's a Pennsylvania beer. Okay, Capricorns dig that one. Very good. The uh, Aquarius like the Stellas, and the uh, Pisces like the Heinekens. All right. The Heinies. So, there you go. Listen, enjoy. Drink the beer of your astrological sign, or drink the beer today of all the astrological signs. <laughs> Let's see if you can start at Aries and end at Pisces. What uh-huh. is that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Of course, one a month. That makes sense. <laughs> Don't you laugh. You didn't even know your wife's astrological sign. At least I knew she was in one of the 12 months of the year. And you knew there was 12? I did. You knew there was 12. I knew there was 12. You're so full of BS. You can never once admit you're wrong on anything. Oh, I knew that. I always knew that. I'm perfect. I got it all right. Nothing like I ever got wrong. Huh? Why wouldn't there be 12? I don't know. I've never... First of all, I don't really follow it at all. I don't read them like you do, so you actually follow them. I know my nothing. own come yeah. up, oh, yes. Well, selfish much, but I... <laughs> Why would I read other people's oh, horoscopes? I don't because you've got family you love. You might occasionally look. I I, I know that Adrian was just the funnel for children, and your, your immediate family is your mom and dad. I don't in any way believe in these things, oh, by the unless, way. You do. You read them. No, you must on they some reinforce level. your own beliefs of things. Here's what I know. I know my wife's sign. I know my children's sign. Right. You know your children's sign? But no. <laughs> I bet you know your mom and dad's. Nah. You probably have it engraved over your heart. <laughs> you know, when, uh, when we're lining up the show, if, if today had crazy breaking news about insanity going on around the world, well, it already is going on around the world every day, but if something was so important to our life today that it's the only thing we could talk about all morning, we would say immediately, okay, this is what we got to focus on. But then I got this in my lap this morning, and I'm telling you, this is more important than hey. anything that could be um, uh, lifestyle changing for all of us. I would immediately, as a decision on this show, push aside that story, and I would say we got to focus on this. This is the most important. This is animal fart fun facts. <laughs> 
Animal fart facts that will blow you away. Lemurs use their farts to have stink fights. They rub their hands in the stench and wave them at their enemies. Blue whales can create fart bubbles so big you could fit a horse inside of it. Zebra farts are so loud they can be heard from miles away. Zebras also fart with every step they take when running away from a predator. Share this with someone who has no shame in their fart game. Ferrets scare themselves when they fart. The coral snake farts to defend itself. It raises its tail in the air and lets it rip when danger is near. Termites fart so much that they are responsible for 3% of global methane emissions. Because cows have four stomachs, they're constantly farting. They're responsible for 14% of the world's greenhouse gases each year. Manatees use farts to help them float. They have pouches in their intestines to store their farts. Herring fart to communicate with each other so they can form shoals when predators are around. A plane full of goats once had to make an emergency landing because the goats were farting so much that they set off the fire alarm. <laughs> I could listen to that over and over and over again. It's the fart game. You'll play one day. And I think I most resemble the ferret. Okay. I scare myself when I fart because I think it might be a shark. <laughs> And I think you're much like the whale. Uh, <laughs> like a bubble the size of a horse or something could fit in. No, I, don't, I haven't made bubbles necessarily farting. What was the animal that ran when it farted? But, uh, the zebra? The zebra. Maybe you're like a zebra. Was the zebra the runs and farts? I don't know. Should we listen again? <laughs> All right. Animal fart facts that will blow you away. Lemurs use their farts to have stink fights. They rub their hands in the stench and wave them at their enemies. I've done that. Blue whales can create fart bubbles so big you could fit a horse inside of it. No. Zebra farts are so loud they can be heard from miles away. Okay. Zebras also fart with every step they take when running away from a predator. Share this with someone who has no shame in their fart game. Right Ferrets there. scare themselves when they fart. The coral snake farts to defend itself. It raises its tail in the air and lets it rip when danger is near. Termites fart so much that they are responsible for 3% of global you methane emissions. Because cows have four stomachs, they're constantly farting. They're responsible for 14% of the world's greenhouse gases each year. Manatees use farts to help them float. They have pouches in their intestines to store their farts. Herring fart to communicate with each other so they can form shoals when predators are around. A plane full of goats once had to make an emergency landing because the goats were farting so much that they set off the fire alarm. That's, That's great. That is great. I, I'll tell you this. One of the great things about now being a pet owner, having having the dog around yeah. the house, is being able to mask my farts mm. with his. It's great. Although, blame when, the dog. When he does fart, boy, it's gross. They're bad. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. look at their diets. Yes. Although I'll bet you your family member, family members can still detect what's truly yours and what is the dog. No, mine are bad enough that they can uh, they can be hidden sometimes by dog. Yeah. Now, do you find? And I find this. We all have our own scent. Yes. But but it does it does change. There is depending, of course, fully on diet. Mm-hmm. Although, yes, every time you fart, it, it probably basically smells. Pretty close. But there are days that it is hideously worse. Oh, yeah. Like something has gone so horribly wrong in your guts. Right. And like you said, you're like the ferret every now and then you scare yourself with a fart. Like it can be. And what happens when you you just let a little squeaker go? That's the silent but deadly. A little silent but deadly. And and then like you're not expecting. You might even be masking in the car. Like it's not. This isn't going to smell. You just let this. And and maybe see what happens before you declare that you just farted. (laughs) (laughs) And then you you get a whiff of it. You go. 
holy crap, that was bad. I squeezed my butt so hard into the car seat, just trying to mask it in there. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you have a big loud fart, and there's there's no scent at Nothing. all. No. It's all show. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, I, ho- I hope you enjoyed. I that that pleased me when I heard that. That put such a smile on my face. Uh, we will share that with you again uh, later this morning and probably four days to come. Rock mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky, ninety four nine The Rock.